Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. And the subject of tonight's podcast will be homesickness. Homesickness, what it is, what its features are, how to deal with it. And as a related subject, we'll also talk about the nearly indefinable word of Brazilian Portuguese known as saudade, saudade. And we'll talk about those th- those two things tonight. I got the idea to do this as a podcast and to take up this subject from a Twitter follower, a message I got from a Twitter follower last week. He basically asked me to talk about homesickness. And I said, you know, that's a good idea because no one has really ever talked about that as far as I can remember, as far as I know. So it seemed like a good subject for discussion, a good subject for fertile ground. And... um we can get into that. Well, what is homesickness? Homesickness is uh, basically a feeling, uh, a feeling of pain or loss that comes from being in a new environment. And I think the source of homesickness in most cases is the, the lack of familiar objects, the lack of familiar sensory inputs in a new environment that placate us, that soothe us, that calm our emotions that provides some sort of familiar environment to alleviate our tumescence, our tumescence of soul, our our uh, sort of volcanic underpinnings of our souls. When we're thrust into new environments, suddenly everything that's familiar, everything that's familiar, becomes unfamiliar, and this can cause a lot of distress. Anyone who's traveled is going to feel a little bit of this, although it's just it's just not talked about. And I think maybe one of the reasons why travelers don't talk about it is maybe they're embarrassed or afraid of being made to look like rookie travelers or being made to look like amateurs if they talk about homesickness. Because as we all know, no real traveler is ever going to feel homesickness. Well, that's just not true. Everyone feels it to some extent. And in many ways, it's more like shock. It's really akin to shock, environment shock, culture shock. You may have heard the the story that when you uh, buy a goldfish in a in a bag full of water, you can't just throw him into a tank without first allowing him to get acclimated to what's inside the tank. And you do that by immersing the, the bag of water in the tank of new water and slowly allow the fish to become acclimated to its new environment. But on the other hand, if you just throw the fish in the new tank of water, he may die of shock. And I also have heard, have read, that when someone is starving, when someone has had a long period of time to go without food, if you suddenly give him even a reasonable amount of food, the body could go into shock and the person could die as a result. So those are similar features of shock. And homesickness, in many ways, is a, uh, a, uh, a category of emotional shock that comes from being displaced and thrust into a new environment. And there really is no magic way to cure homesickness except slowly acclimating yourself to the, to the new environment, not isolating yourself. That seems to be the worst thing. From my own experience from traveling, uh, I, I don't get homesickness really anymore and that's not 
that's not bragging on my part. That's just simply, I guess, a feature of once you've traveled a certain number of times as you've gotten older, suddenly things start to become familiar to you all around the world, no matter where you are. But the best way to cure homesickness is to not isolate yourself. You've got to go out and maintain contact with your environment. Maintain contact with new people, with new faces, new friends, new people. Even if it means walking the streets, even if it means going out alone, you've got to get out. You've got to get out. There is no cure for homesickness except interaction with humanity, whether directly or indirectly. So that's the important thing to, uh, to appreciate. You can't cure homesickness, really, by isolating yourself. You can't cure homesickness by hanging around the same people that you've already always hung around with because they're simply going, going to reinforce the old patterns. They're going to make you recall and remember those patterns and those sens sensory inputs that you may have experienced in your home country or home city. So that's really the most that can be said about homesickness. You know, the more I've thought about it, the more I've sketched out my ideas about it. Homesickness is not a complicated issue. It just takes time. Now, I will say that there are some people who never overcome these feelings. They simply don't have the will to adapt themselves to a new environment. They don't have the strength of conviction to make a new life or to adapt themselves for the short term in a new environment, and they simply become overwhelmed. And those are the people that, frankly, you don't want to be around. Because if you're trying to enjoy travel or experience in a foreign country, the last thing you need is someone who's going to be completely withdrawn and unable to adapt themselves to the new environment. So that's, the I think, the big thing to remember about uh, about homesickness. And, you know, there is a concept that's somewhat related to the idea of homesickness. And it's one of those words that does not really have a direct translation in English. And it's something that came to mind because I've experienced this word, this concept, uh, in my uh, my extended living and travel experiences in Brazil. And the word is saudade. It's called saudade. And there really is no direct, precise English equivalent for this word, except that the word really is intended to, to describe a deep state of emotional longing for something that has passed. It's a word that describes a... a um, it's a mixture of, of longing, melancholy, sadness and expired love for something that has passed. It's the, it's the condition that exists when something, when the object of our affection has gone away and all that remains is that sense of longing for what has departed. That's the best way to look at it. I'll repeat that. My own uh, definition of saudade is that it's the feeling that it's the it's a word that describes the feeling where wherein the object of our desire the object of our love departs and all that remains is that residual feeling of longing 
in Departed Love. It's a kind of an amalgam of melancholia, wistfulness, lost love, all sort of rolled into one. And you hear it a lot. You know, you hear it a lot when, when you go away, when you leave um, someone. Let's say you have a you uh, you have a Brazilian girlfriend, and you leave, and she says, uh, you know, saudade de você, saudade de você. You know, I I have a I. It's not just really I miss you. It's more I have a deep I miss you very very much. I miss you very very much. They're not going to say, uh, sinto muito a sua falta, which is basically just you know I I miss you. I miss you. The standard literary I miss you. It's going to be. Uh, I miss you very, very much. Saudade de você. Saudade de você. So, uh, this is maybe, maybe not directly related to homesickness, but it's in the same family as homesickness. It's of the same genus, the same family, the same type of feeling. It's that indescribable longing that we all have for something that's gone, for something that's departed. And I don't know if you can really cure that feeling of saudade by, by experiencing your current environment, by walking around the city or a new city or just by going about your life. It's always going to be there. It's different, really, from homesickness. It's the longing for a memory that is no longer there. And it also encapsulates the feeling that that departed memory may never come back again. And maybe this is the real reason for the melancholic underpinning of saudade. So, something to think about. Something to think about. You know, in every language, there are words that do not have direct translations to our mother tongue. Every language has these. You name whatever language you want, and there's going to be words in that language that you really can't have a precise translation translation for. And that's part of the beauty of languages. And there are a lot of these. And lately, uh, off the top of my head, the first one that I can think of in the Latin language, there's that indefinable, but yet somehow definable word, which is known as virtus, virtus, V-I-R-T-U-S. And it it's not really virtue. Some people translate this word as virtue. But it's really not. It's, it's very, very different. It's a very specific type of... It's a, it's a word that describes the qualities typical of a, of a real man. The qualities typical of a real man. Or a man's masculine spirit, his masculine essence, his resolution, his valor, his his renown, his masculine proficiency, really. And it's a shame that we, we really don't have this word in English. And I suppose it says a lot about us as native English speakers that we don't really have a word for this. And it says a lot about the Romans, who were able to coin this specific word that was very important to their culture, very important to their, their, uh, their uh, I guess, cultural pantheon. 
So it's something something to consider, and it's something that I'll be revisiting in 2017 when I have some other projects coming out uh, in publications in 2017. This whole idea of huertos, masculine virtue. So in any case, we've described a little bit about homesickness, about saudade, and about how some words don't have translations directly into other languages. So maybe we should just leave it at that for tonight. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.